the business owner, when you structure it in a way that they can't say no, it's just almost as good as printing money. You get to flex your creative skills. You get to go out there and really work at something. You get to try something out, see if it works. If it's not working, tweak it a little bit, figure out why it's not working, enhance your skills, get better, get better. And then the payday happens when you achieve that goal. Client's happy because they've just made money. You're happy because you've taken 10% of that. Your work directly contributed to money in your pocket. And that is a case study, something that goes into your portfolio that you could then work with different clients down the road or hold it up to yourself and go, okay, wow, we accomplished that. Welcome to the Live, Work, Travel podcast. I'm your host, Michonne Thomas, a former middle school teacher who quit at 30 to become a six-figure freelancer and digital nomad instead. You're in the right place if you're ready to learn how freelancing can help you to work from anywhere, make great money, and live a life that you design. I'm sharing everything I've learned to get to where I am today in order to support you on your journey because this lifestyle is simply too good not to share. Welcome back to the podcast. In today's episode, I want to talk to you all about the difference between active and passive freelancers. So pretty much most freelancers that I've seen out there that I've worked with have fallen into one of two categories when I've hired them on either to work in my business or my client's business, either active or passive, right? So As you can imagine with anything else where we use those words, passive is someone who kind of sits back and waits for something to happen. Whereas an active person takes the initiative. They go after what they want. I talk about this with you guys in terms of actively going out and looking for jobs where you source clients directly. You're taking the initiative. You're finding the clients you want to work with. You're finding the business owners. You're finding the businesses and you're going out after them versus a more reactive passive approach, which would be going with a freelancing platform and you are being very reactive or passive. You're waiting for jobs to be posted and then you're trying to get hired for them along with everybody else. Just like when it comes to the job hunting portion of this, the same thing happens when you actually get hired on and you go to work for a client. Some people will sit there and wait to be told what to do by the client and others will look for ways that they can make things happen. They'll look for ideas that they can propose to the client. They'll look for more work that they can do for the client. And that makes all the difference in how their freelancing career goes. Now, the good news is for you that if you're listening to this, by the end of this episode, you should know what to do to become an active freelancer if you're not one already. If you're one already, congratulations. You're going to kill it out there because the majority of people, easily three quarters of the people are passive. Now, if you are a passive freelancer, it's somewhat natural to start out that way because we've been told and conditioned our whole lives and the way that society is set up and job hunting is set up and the corporate world is set up, we're all mostly taught to be passive. Even from school age on, we're taught to very much sit in various environments and be told what to do. But with freelancing, all that goes out the window. You really want to be an active freelancer if you're going to make great money, get great jobs and work with amazing clients. All you need to do is understand that, okay, I'm being really passive right now. She's talking to me about becoming active. How do I do that? And then you realize, okay, I can do that. It's just baby steps. It's one thing after another, after another. It's practice until I can get myself to a more active role. So why do you not want to be a passive freelancer? Well, there's a ton of drawbacks and we'll just go over a few of them here. One, you're not going to get paid as much. You're not getting paid as much to be a yes man or a yes woman as if you were actually going out and making things happen, making movement happen, right? When you're working for these busy business owners, 
customers. They have so much on their plate that they can't really be thinking of you constantly and thinking, oh my gosh, does she have enough work? I need to get this to her. I need to get that to her. Maybe I need to find out if she's got more room in her schedule. They've got a whole entire agenda every day full of things that they need to be doing. And if you're passive, you just kind of disappear off of their radar. And the bad news is you're not getting more work then. And then when you're not getting more work, you're not making more money. And so you have limited ability to grow in their company. They're not going to pay you as much because you're not as valuable as someone who's constantly coming up with ideas and ways to help them grow their company. And your income is going to be lower simply because you're not going to be with them for as long because you'll just sort of fizzle out with them. And your income will also be lower because you're not proving that you're valuable. And I've talked about this in previous episodes. The more valuable you are to your client, the more that they will pay you. So the more money that you can help them earn, the more that they are willing to pay you. Now, here's how this has happened with freelancers that I've hired over and over and over again. I start out good. I'm busy. Like I know I need help. So I start out excited and busy. I bring on like a virtual assistant and I need this person to just do a little bit of everything for me. So I'll throw stuff at them. Like, here's a task. Here's a task. I'll get them set up on some recurring tasks. Like here's the I need you to do every day. Here's the things I need you to do every week. Here's the things I need you to do every month. And then also I'm going to have just all these random tasks that I throw over at you. What happens with most of the virtual assistants that I hire, they are used to being passive. They're used to working for other clients in a passive role, and they've never learned how to become a more active freelancer that looks for ways that they can help and looks for more work for themselves. So we'll be good for a month or two, maybe, and I'll be throwing them work and they'll be doing these daily things, weekly things and monthly things. But because I have so much on my plate and because I have ADHD, I will simply forget to keep turning new stuff over to them because they aren't coming in saying, hey, I have all these hours available. I have this much time. Oh, hey, I noticed that this needs done. Do you mind if I do that as well? They're not proactively reaching out to me. So the work that they get just gets smaller and smaller and smaller until one day I'm like, what does this person even do? Like they're barely doing anything. Like it's not like worth the time to sort of manage them and check up on them. So I'm just going to end this contract and I'll try again when I have more time to devote to it. Guess what? I never have more time to devote to it. It's not that I don't have time to devote to managing this person. It's that I need someone who doesn't even need to be managed. I need a active freelancer in this role. So most of the VAs that I've hired, they will just do exactly what I tell them and nothing more, right? Clock in, clock out. And again, we're used to that, guys, where we've been trained that way from our corporate jobs or just like mindless soul-sucking, completely boring jobs where you go in, they want you there at eight, so you're there at eight. You push papers around, you go to meetings, you're just trying to fill the time until you can get out at five and go on with your life. Well, that doesn't work in the freelancing world. It doesn't work for success in the freelancing world. It doesn't work for success with startups and small businesses. We need high energy people, people who are driven, who are passionate, who are excited, who love finding new ways of doing things, finding more efficient ways of doing things, seeing things that can be done and asking, hey, can I do that? Oh, by the way, I've gone ahead and done this. Basically, it's a complete mindset shift. It's unlearning all the things you learned kind of in a dull, boring corporate job where you're one out of 5,000, 10,000 people that work for the company. No one ever seems to notice you. Now you're one of maybe five people that work for a company, maybe 15 people that work for a company, maybe even one of 50, but it's just a much smaller scale. And people do care about what you have to say, what you have to offer. And most of the time when you bring ideas to the table, the client's going to be like, oh, that's fantastic. Yeah, go for it. Run with it. Do that. You're not getting shut down like you would be in a corporate job. And so what all of these VAs that I've worked with over the years, and some of my clients have as well, and again, 
it's very common a lot of times that entrepreneurs, founders, the people that have started it have ADHD or are neurodivergent, right? They're very creative and have lots of ideas, but it's the follow through that's difficult. It's the execution that can be difficult. Again, not always, but many times. So an active freelancer will come in and see the business owner jumping from idea to idea and various things that they can do to the other things, the other things, and they'll go, I can help with this. I can make some magic here. I'm going to take this task that they told me to do and I'm going to do it. And everything that pops up in the meantime, I'm going to take notes on that and I'm going to figure out how I can help them with that. And then I'm going to propose, hey, can I help you with this also? Can I help you with that also? That's what an active freelancer does versus a passive freelancer. So with that proactiveness, you're going to draw more opportunities to yourself for long-term working with the same client. You're going to draw more income. One, because you're going to be working with the client for a longer period of time, thereby gaining more income. But two, because as you continue to be proactive in all these different areas for the client, they're going to pay you more and more and more because they can see the value in you working for them, right? If you start off at $25 an hour for the client and you're just doing exactly what they tell you to do and nothing more, that's fine. They'll probably keep you on for years. You can do just exactly what they need you to do, but they're not going to be coming to you with, hey, I'm going to pay you some more because you're amazing. And also I want to give you this additional responsibility. Is that okay? They're going to just let you sort of flatline and stay there for years and maybe bump you up a little bit here and there. But like they're not going to reward you monetarily in the same way because the value that you're bringing is just steady, basic, low level value. So how do you become a proactive freelancer? Well, for starters, you're going to want to learn everything you possibly can about your client and their business when you get your foot in the door, right? You may get in for one small thing. That was literally how I earned hundreds of thousands of dollars was getting brought in by a client to do one small thing that maybe was going to pay me, I don't know, four or $500, maybe. I don't even think it was that much. And that one small job then parlayed into hundreds of thousands of dollars by me taking on more work and just seeing all these different areas where I could help the founder of that company, right? So when you get Whatever job that you get hired for, let's say it's a small one, you're still going to go in there. Number one, you're going to do it to the best of your ability. Number two, you're going to talk to the client about any other things that you could help them with. And you don't want to go just, is there anything else you need help with? <laughs> Which I get that all the time from people. Like, um, hey, do you have any work? Um, hey, you know, obviously they're just, they're typing this. So I, <laughs> I don't hear the actual tone in their voice, but hey, I used to teach middle school, right? I taught middle school for seven years. And so I hear that voice in my head still, that middle school voice of like, um, what's next? <laughs> or like, oh, I don't get it. That's the tone I hear it in whenever someone asks like, what's next? Or if, if I have any work for them. So you're not going to do like that. First, you're going to, you know, like do everything you can to understand their business. Go clean through their Instagram, all through their website, under understand what they do and what they're trying to do, what their purpose is. How are they making money and how could you help them make more money? Let's talk about my business, for example. I have two parts of my business. One part helps business owners. I teach them how to set up systems to run their day-to-day. -day. I teach them how to hire freelancers and really just grow their business anywhere from they're hiring their first freelancer all the way up until about 30. You know, that's the largest I really go with my clients. But up until that, 
I teach them how to set up all of the systems in order to run that. On the other side of my business, I teach freelancers how to go from zero to making $100,000 a year. Based on my own personal experience, I put together the escape hatch, my freelancing course, which outlines all of the steps that I took to go from knowing nothing about freelancing, getting laid off, knowing nothing about freelancing into earning $94,000 my first year, right? No idea what I was doing. So if I hire a freelancer, a VA, somebody to do customer service, what have you, kind of that general operations assistant, that early role, right? I'm hiring that person. And so many people will come on and they will just do whatever they're told to do. Nothing more, right? That's the passive. What does the active person do? The active person comes into the company and would go, all right, what is the purpose of this company? What is Michonne trying to do? Okay, she's trying to reach more people to teach them about freelancing. She's trying to sell her online course, which is going to help people learn. Instead of her having the same thing over and over or teach it one-on-one, that's going to be allow people to buy it and learn in the comfort of their own home at their own pace. She's also trying to grow her Instagram again so that she can reach more people and teach them about freelancing and the freedom that it offers and how it helped her to go from broke to earning six figures a year. And she's reaching out to people who are not sure if they like their job and they want a career change in someone else. So that's her audience. She also does a podcast every week. So it's important that that goes out on time. Okay. So these are all of these objectives that she's trying to reach. Okay. Well, which one actually brings in money? Well, selling the course brings in money, right? The course costs 400 bucks. That brings in money every time someone buys that course. So if I want to be valuable to Michonne, I'm going to help her sell more courses, right? And it doesn't matter who you are, who's being hired. If you're hired to be the VA, if you're hired to be the podcast editor, if you're hired to be the operations assistant, if you are hired to just do random tasks here and there, kind of you're not on staff with Michonne, but she hired you for this project. She liked what you did. You come back, you do another little project. Everybody, no matter what they're hired for, could choose to be proactive. They could choose to say, huh, I bet if I help Michonne with what she needs, she'll pay me, give me what I need, money, right? So anyone on my team could come to me with an idea like that. Anyone out there, any of you listening to this can go to your clients. You've gotten in the door with a small project, but you could go to them and say, I think you're trying to do this. If I help you like this, will you pay me this, right? So like a legit example would say, hey, Michonne, I notice your course sells for this. I have this idea, right? I've been poking around on YouTube. I've been reading books. I've been learning about this. I think I could help put together XYZ project or system or insert whatever idea. And I think if I did that, I could help you sell a hundred more courses. Would it be okay if I implemented that? And if it works, will you pay me X percentage of those 100 courses, right? So let's do some math here, people. Again, Proactive freelancing comes back to math. You being more helpful to the client helps them get more of what they want, usually customers, subscribers, money, basically. So you helping is usually not going to be turned down. (laughs) In a case with a specific thing like courses, you can tie it to that. In a case where you're just legitimately helping out and constantly bringing them more and more and more and more ideas for stuff that you can do, that still helps because it frees up their time, right? You can do the example with the courses or you can do the example with your skills services type thing. We'll look at both of those. So for one, math-wise, with the courses, you say, look, Sean, your course sells for right around $400. If I can help you sell 100 more of those, that is... $400 
40,000 is a good chunk of change. If somebody says, I can help you make that, I believe I've done all the work. I've laid it out. I planned out the idea. Here's how we track it. Is it fair to ask for 10% of that? 40,000 brings in, I do the work, but we bring in $40,000. I'd like four grand. Hell yeah. <laughs> in addition to what I'm paying them as a base, right? Like you can have, take my money all day long and continue to bring me ideas like this all day long, please. Right? Like the business owner, when you structure it in a way that they can't say no, it's just almost as good as printing money. You get to flex your creative skills. You get to go out there and really work at something. You get to try something out, see if it works. If it's not working, tweak it a little bit, figure out why it's not working, enhance your skills, get better, get better. And then the payday happens when you achieve that goal. Client's happy because they've just made money. You're happy because you've taken 10% of that. Your work directly contributed to money in your pocket. And that is a case study, something that goes into your portfolio that you could then work with different clients clients down the road or hold it up to yourself and go, okay, wow, we accomplished that. Do you think I could double that? Can I still get 10%? Can I get 15%? Can I, you know, like you can negotiate with the client and actually continue to create these scenarios where you are winning and they're winning. So everyone is happy. And if you're not in something that's directly related to money like that, like to a project where you're not able to look at such clear math and say, okay, I can help you sell a hundred more courses. Let's say it's something where you are working as the operations assistant, right? Like your day to day is just running all of the different things, all the pieces that go into running the client's business. Well, you can still be very proactive by consistently checking in with your client and going, what are you doing today? What are you doing today? What are you doing today? In a way, not to annoy the shit out of them, but in a way to say, okay, how can I figure out how to get that off their plate, right? So if my ops guy comes to me and he says, Michonne, what are you doing today? And I say, hey, I'm connecting with people on LinkedIn and I'm posting, writing posts for LinkedIn. I am recording episodes of my podcast. I got to check my email. I need to record some new videos on this, that, or the other. He can look at that and go, okay, I can't record the podcast for you. I can't do the LinkedIn connections and stuff yet, but can you show me what you're doing and see if there's any way that I can help that be more efficient for you? Or, okay, I can check your email. How about I start taking over your email and checking that for you? Is that okay? Yeah, that's awesome. I'm going to say that's okay, right? You as the ops person, you're not necessarily, you know, directly tying it to money or sales, but you're tying it to let's get more and more off your plate. You can even set a goal of, hey, I want you, the client, not have to talk to anyone else on the team because I'm taking that off your plate. I want you as the client, we're going to free up. We're going to find you five more hours a week because I am taking tasks off your plate. That's how you're going out proactively, right? A lot of this starts with looking for the things that are being given to you and how you can do them better. For example, if I tell someone on my team like, hey, yeah, I don't want to check my email anymore. Just deal with that, please. Can you check my email? Take all the ones that you think are important and put them in a, a label in a folder off to the side. And I'll just check the ones that are important. Everything else, you can get rid of the junk mail. You can get rid of all the other stuff. Just deal with it. So there's two responses to that, right? The passive one is going to do exactly that. They're going to go, okay, I'm taking these and I'm putting them over in the folder. I'm taking them, putting them in a folder every day, right? A proactive freelancer is going to say, all right, I've figured out how to sort Michonne's mail. I figure out what's important, what's not. I'm going to put those off to the side. How can I be more helpful? Okay, what if I could start to answer these 
for Mashan. And it may be the case in the beginning that's not possible, right? In the beginning, the client or me, I may have to go through all of my emails and respond to some of them because my ops person doesn't know yet what I would say. But over time, the proactive person is going to be looking at that and going, huh, okay, I see what she said to that one. I see what she said to that one. I see what she said to that one. Oh, this person's emailed back again. I know what she said last time and I know her schedule. I'm going to see if I can answer that. And instead of just sending it out without, they're going to say, hey, I drafted four responses. They're in your drafts folder. Go in, just edit those and let me know if there is anything else I could do better in the future. And then as soon as you're ready, I can take over sending your emails for you as well. Always looking for ways that they can free up the client's time and make the clients more money. And this truly is just the absolute difference between making loads of money and making okay money as a freelancer. When I first found my niche, found operations management, where I really fit and have made so much money as a freelancer, it is basically because I can come into a client's business. I'm not going to load them down with making them give me more work. I am simply going to dive headfirst, headlong into their business and just look for opportunities everywhere where I can free up their time and make them more money. That is the key to all of my success in a nutshell. That's all for this episode. I truly hope that this was helpful and that you are inspired to no matter where you are on the spectrum, move you know more toward that side of being a very proactive freelancer and going out there and truly finding the ways to make a difference for your clients. As always, if you have any questions, just hit me up on Instagram at liveworktravelig or you can email me anytime at hello at liveworktravel.com. And to get my freelancing course, The Escape Hatch, and get started on your freelancing journey today, go to live worktravel.com forward slash escape. That's all for me. And I will see you back here next Monday. Mm-hmm.